if you're a professional athlete, you never give up. You persist until you win. That's what we're going to talk about on today's show. My guest on this edition of the Inside BS Show is Liam Norville. Liam is an entrepreneur with a burning desire for success and helping people around him succeed. His business and industry knowledge, along with his leadership skills, are key factors in his ability to grow his business, Posh Cockney, with speed and success. In his early years, Liam was a professional football player for West Ham and Leicester City before becoming a DJ where he played all over the world. As a hospitality specialist based in London, his key skills lie in marketing, PR, sales, and operations. He has a proven track record in restaurant openings and managing many successful marketing and PR campaigns that have achieved a fantastic return on investment for his clients. He continuously focuses on businesses growing and using innovative strategies, driving excellence all throughout operations and service. This extensive experience has led Liam to building strong relationships throughout the hospitality sector and giving him a great amount of industry knowledge. Liam is truly a man always in the know. He founded Posh Cockney with the belief that he can take every venue and every company and bring it to the next level of business success. He's dedicated to achieving high standards and exceptional quality in customer service delivery. Liam combines commercial and financial acumen to control budgets, manage profit and loss statements, realize cost savings, and effectively negotiate with external suppliers. Liam's other key strengths lie in the ability to build, develop, and manage high-performing teams, continually leading by example to share knowledge, deliver training as a hands-on mentor, and he believes that encouraging collaborative work and innovation are truly the keys to success. In 2021, Liam's going to launch a brand new fashion line of unisex hats, and he's the co-founder of a brand new business called Hospitality Titans. He's going to tell us all about this. He's going to help us with our focus during a very difficult time. His upbeat personality will surely be a shot in the arm. Please join me in welcoming Liam Norval to the Inside BS Show. Liam, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. It's great to have you here. How are things across the pond? Hi, Dave. Great. Uh, thanks for having me on. It's difficult over here, Dave. Uh, we're in our third lockdown. Um, we're all pulling together and uh, and we're seeing the light at the end of the tunnel with the vaccines. And, you know, we're all aiming for hopefully some normality by April, May. But uh, what about you? How's it over there in the States? Um, you know, in the States, it is different depending on where you go. So for those of you who are listening, uh, we're recording this interview mid January, it's going to come out uh, probably last week in January 2021. And Liam is in the UK. And I'm here in Florida in the US. And if you Liam, if you walk around my neighborhood in Florida, if you walk around downtown Miami, if you go to the beach, Miami Beach, you'd never know there was a pandemic. Uh, people are just pretending it doesn't exist, 
and they're getting sick in droves. It's not really funny. It's stupid is what it is, but that's what's happening. I think in the UK, you all have a, a sense that this is real and it's it's really impacting you. Here in the US, depending on the state you go, that's the level of belief of how how bad things are. At what point, Liam, in the hospitality industry did this really take hold in the UK? What what point in 2020 did this really start to impact everything? So my company, Posh Cockney, uh, we opened uh, three restaurants in 2020, um, and they was all meant to open March, April last year. Uh, we opened, we managed to open two, um, one called Happy, which is a, a incredible family restaurant uh, right in the middle of Leicester Square. And uh, we heard rumours of the coronavirus coming in, and we, you know, we were telling our clients, "Look, it's going to be nothing. It's, it's nothing to worry about." Uh, and then suddenly, it started building momentum. So March 2020 was really when we we felt the hit, and then we had our first lockdown around the 16th, I believe. Um, and unfortunately, it's it's a ghost town now in 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 London's West End and in many cities in the UK, uh, which is it's very sad to see, but. We're all in this together. Uh, in, globally, we're in this together, and we just hope that you know the vaccines manage to keep enough pe- enough people safe that we can get back to work, and that's all we want to do. We want to go and you know give people amazing experiences in our restaurants, and you know look after our clients, and you know and travel. I, I miss traveling so much, David. I don't know about you. Oh my goodness! So it's funny that you mentioned that. I was I was just speaking with someone yesterday, and 2019, I traveled. I, I was on the road 122 nights. I traveled over 100,000 air miles. 2020, 5,000 air miles, four nights on the road, and my last trip was the middle of February and March 13th. I I feel like I I came into this studio and I haven't left. <laughs> so um, Liam. Talk about what the what the outlook is there in the UK. What are you what are you seeing from a vaccination standpoint? Are people taking the vaccination? Is there hope? Are people you know are people encouraged by the rollout? How is how is that uh, going in the UK right now? So look, it's it's amazing to hear the news that four vaccinations have been approved, um, and I think the target for mid February is twelve million people in the UK will be vaccinated. The problem is with all these things, Dave, is you've you've got the people that fight back and say they will never have it done, and um, you know it's a very difficult situation because you know human rights and all that. You you can't tell people that they have to have it done, but I think it's a case of. Making sure the elderly and the NHS, the key workers, are all looked after, and that's our number one priority here, and and um, and the most vulnerable. And hopefully, I think there are about three million at the moment um, vaccinated. You know, you look at your grandparents; you haven't seen them in a year. You haven't been able to hug them, kiss them, and and my my daughter, who's four years old, hasn't been able to see her family. And you know that it's that it's that psychological thing now where. Will they miss? Will they forget who they are? Will they forget what their name is? You know, and you, you know that they won't. But there is that sort of disconnect, and we all just really, really hope uh, in the UK that because I feel like we've been hit harder than most. I know, I know the states have been hit really hard, but um, it feels like we get a lot of bad press and how um, our PM has handled things, which you know nobody's ever had this book to read before. There's never been a manual on coronavirus, so um, I think it's a tough job for anyone. Yeah, no, I I completely agree with you. And I'll tell you that I don't think the press could be as hard on the UK as the press is going to be on the US because we've 
it seems like everywhere you turn, we've deluded ourselves into thinking we were doing the right thing when we were not doing anything in most cases at all. Um, you know, you mentioned your uh, your daughter not being able to uh, to see your grandparents. Um, we just took my kids for the first time this weekend to uh, my mother-in-law's uh, to visit my mother-in-law. She lives in a you know a community of elderly people, but it happens to be on a on the bay here in Miami on Biscayne Bay, and she has a little picnic area. So we brought Christmas presents. Uh, you know, two weeks later, because we were by ourselves, isolated for Christmas, brought Christmas presents to the picnic area. And, you know, the four of us, my family, put on masks and we went to see my mother-in-law who was wearing a mask and we gave her her Christmas presents. And that's what you have to do. And even in doing that, you're making sure that you take all the precautions, not necessarily for us, but for them, you know, because they're because you you want to keep them safe. So precautions are the order of the day. I think the vaccine rollout is very hopeful. You you have four vaccines approved over there. We have two now. We're probably uh, going to see a third at some point in February and hopefully uh, the fourth, I guess, down the road with, uh, I, guess, I guess the fourth for us would be the AstraZeneca Oxford, which you, you guys have already approved. So that's encouraging and, and that's hopeful. My background, my career, uh, before I got into consulting, I were I grew up in the hospitality industry, working in restaurants and hotels. Tell me a little bit about what folks in the hospitality industry are focused on in the UK these days. Is there is there a sense that after the third lockdown, after everything opens back up, that there will be some return to indoor dining, some return to uh, local you know, folks being able to go to restaurants or cafes? I think there's a number of things, Dave. Some of these people have been out of work for a year. I mean, the furlough scheme has been actually fantastic for us. Um, there's been many, many uh, people that have been saved by that scheme. Um, I've been telling everyone that works in hospitality, you have to use this time to multi-train. When, you, when things open back up again, businesses are not going to have the same amount of staff on their books. They just can't because it's going to take another six months to a year for that to build up anyway. So if you're an employee and you can only do one thing, but the person next to you can do three things. Say you were a barman and you, and you can only make cocktails, but the person next to you can wait tables, be on the front of the house. You know, it's that multi-skilled um, employee now who's going to be the, the the real key to any business coming forward so I, I've been telling everyone get out there learn new things you know it doesn't have to be in hospitality but you know broaden your uh, your your brain capacity to make sure that when you come back in this you're fresh you you've used this time to the best of your ability um, there, look there's there's no doubt there's going to be mass closures we haven't seen all of them yet because there's been again the the PM and, and Rishi Sunak have been delaying uh, landlords kicking tenants out, which has saved a lot of people. But there are many, many that are going to go as soon as that's uh, taken off the table. So from our side, we're looking at there's going to be lots more independent um, operators instead of the chains. Um, there's still going to be the same talent pool out there, Dave, of, of uh, innovators, etc. So, you know, there's going to be a huge boom of these exciting new restaurants 
um, coming to the table very soon, and, and we're all confident of that. And you think about it as well as a restaurant before you before the coronavirus, you didn't do takeaway or delivery, but now you do. So when you open up again, you're going to have another revenue stream coming in. So some of these restaurants and, and bars and pubs have pivoted very well, and um, they're going to reap the rewards when this is all over. But it's still going to take at least another year to get back to normal. Explain to our listeners what the furlough scheme is over there. So basically, there's government subsidies for people who used to work in hospitality and and are are laid off for for the entire. Is it for the entire duration? Like, how does it work? Yeah, well, it's um, it's a bit of a magical um, scheme, really, because for, it's not just hospitality; it's all sectors. If your business had to close. Um, or you you can't employ your staff because the, there's not, not enough revenue coming in. The government pays eighty percent of their wages to a cap of two and a half thousand pounds a month. So some people have actually earned a lot more money by being furloughed because they haven't had to travel into town into London. They've had no none of the coffees and lunches, extravagant lunches that they had previously. So some people have actually developed a, a nice uh, a bit of cash in their pocket. But and also you're you're also able to do another job at the same time as long as it's not in the same sector, which is you know it's, it's a bit crazy. But it has saved many people. Hospitality has been hit more than anything in the UK because you know um, we've been told to close for many many months, um, and then we had the great eat out to help out in August last year, which was get out and support hospitality, and then we were blamed for the uh, the spike in the in the cases. So. Yeah, it's been a real whirlwind of uh, of a year, but um, I tell you what, personally, I've I've learned so much about myself, my family, my business. You know, the the nuts and bolts of my business, and and how other people's work, the people who come to me for knowledge and and how to get through these sort of things. And the biggest thing in in the UK, and especially in hospitality, is we found people have worked together now more than ever. Previously, you were competitors, and you you know you if somebody if you had a queue out your door, uh, if you was a restaurant down the road, and you you was envious of that queue. But now the people, those two neighbours, are now talking to each other. How can we get through this together? What is the? How can we work in a, in this small community to make sure when coronavirus is over, we're, we we bring people to this area? So uh, there's been many positives, Dave, but you know it's it's just uh, painting over the cracks, unfortunately. Yeah, no, I uh, I appreciate what what you've said. Tell me a little bit about what you what you've learned about yourself during the during the pandemic, because I've I've had some of that experience as well. What what have you learned about yourself during this difficult time? I've learned to breathe. If it has as funny as that sounds, I I started Posh Cockney in two thousand and nineteen, so it's only a year before the pandemic started. And in that year, you know, it's a new business, it's a startup, it's fun, there's lots of energy, you're having meetings every, you know, every two hours, you, you know, you're, you're entertaining clients. And when the pandemic happened, I managed to take a step back, reflect, say, okay, we could be in this for a while, what do I need to do about my business? What do I need to do about my home life? Um, how do I stay fit? How do I, you know, mentally stay in the space that I can to perform? So, you know, lots of uh, wellness stuff I've been doing. You know, I actually lost uh, four stone during lockdown, uh, 25 kilos. So, you know, I was training. I was running like a madman. Good for you. That's awesome. Yeah, well, it, I, I didn't have the time before because I was so busy. So I managed to, you know, get, you know, self-care has been a big thing I've learned. You know, take care of myself. My anxiety's come down. My anger's come down. You know, you know, when you're waiting for that email, we've all been there when you fired one off and you know it's going to be a bit of a war. Um, now I just sort of I brush over that. I don't need that in my life. I, I, I want to work with positive people, positive energy, 
and um you know during lockdown posh cockney uh, we, we launched posh cockney tv we launched we launched the posh cockney podcast and i learned a different way to engage with my followers and and uh, future clients and old clients as well so you know it's been it's been in terms of myself and posh cockney it's actually been a great pandemic i don't know if any of your guests have ever said that because we've actually we've actually been able to catapult ourselves a lot further than we were in that first year because other companies that were ahead of us had stopped and were doing nothing but we did so much so much content and you know it's it's been a blessing really well uh, you know you have a great attitude and i i certainly uh it, I, it gives me energy and i and i appreciate it you know one of the things that that we did with my business with our business during the pandemic is i started to do more interviews like this and i took a pause in december and i thought to myself what can i do to grow the business and to grow personally every day regardless of whether the pandemic ends in 2021 or abates a little bit or is still in full effect and my answer to myself was I, this is therapeutic for me, and it's also really good for the people who listen. And to the extent that we produce these as videos, which we're going to do down the road, they watch the videos. And people have told me over and over again that, listen, can you do, can you do more podcasts? Because I listen to you while I do the dishes. I listen to you while I walk the dog. I listen to you while I run in the morning. And you keep me in touch with what's going on in the business world. So I thought to myself, look, if I can do this every day during the pandemic and I develop a routine, develop systems, maybe I can carry it on even beyond that. It's been great for me personally because I get to connect with other human beings every day. And I may not leave this house. I may not leave this room. Today I have like seven, I have three webinars. I have four interviews. I may not leave this room until nine o'clock tonight, but I'm going to connect with other people and mentally, I can't tell you how beneficial that's been for me during the pandemic. I would have never thought to do this had the pandemic not happened. I say all the time to my clients, I've said it to my, my kids, my, my children are nine and 12, and I say it to them all the time. Uh, you know, I don't say this part to my kids, but if, if we can avoid catching the deadly virus, this will be the most productive, the, the best learning experience we could have because we'll come out of this with a renewed confidence. You know, uh, Liam, I was in New York on September 11th running a business there, and I told my team a year after September 11th, if we got through that, we can get through anything. And now I look at this and I'm like, well, <laughs> maybe maybe this is the thing that if we get through this, we can get through uh, anything. So I'm I'm uh, I'm buoyed by your attitude, and I'm I'm thankful uh, for you coming on here to share it with us. Tell us about the the feeling of uh, of teamwork and togetherness, and how you see it lasting beyond the pandemic. So this summer. Right. The weather's going to be nice in the UK. People are going to be out. A lot of people will have the vaccine. What do you think the, the industry is going to look like from a teamwork standpoint at, the, at that point? Well, we're probably going to touch on it later on in the interview. But the reason why I'm now creating a, a new organization called the Hospitality Titans is because I'm 
slightly worried that it might go back into its old ways where people mm. go, you know, doggy dog world. We want to create that community in hospitality. We want to build something where people can work together, network, share best practices. Um, you know, there's going to be incredible investment opportunities for these, you know, the new pool of talent that's going to come through in the next year. You think about the Lehman Brothers crash in 2008, the amount of startups that came out after that. You know, it was 2009 was the startup year. Um, we think that 2021 will be the same, um, especially in restaurants and, and hospitality, because people have probably been laid off from their jobs. They're, maybe that, that business they were working at just can't run anymore. But they, you know, they might be an incredible chef with, uh, you know, incredible culinary uh, experience and they want to open their new restaurant. They come to the Hospitality Titans and then you've got the, a board of 20 of the biggest CEOs in London um, that can advise, um, offer, offer guidance on, on certain projects. And then, you know, we've also had the investment forum as well, where people, investors are actively looking to look for the, the next big thing. So the Hospitality Titans is going to be uh, an organization, which I'm sure you'll see over there in Florida very soon. Uh, I think we, we've got a plan for the next five years to take it globally and have the same template and move it around the world. Because, you know, once you create that, that family community with people within their own industry and it works and people start you know, people get work from it. That's basically what you want during this, right? I, you know, Dave, if I was to call you up and said, I've got a client for you, you'd love that. It'd be fantastic. But if you was involved in a network which continuously was giving you leads, giving you feedback, you know, rubbing each other's backs, but making sure that, you know, you, you had a, a certain moral compass that everyone worked the same way and there was no sort of backhanding and, you know, trying to get one over on each other. You know, we're, we're very excited about it and we're about to launch in the next couple of weeks. So um, hopefully you share the link on that. No, that's terrific. We'll, we'll add the link to the show notes. And how does it work? How can somebody become a member of Hospitality Titans? So when the website goes live, which will be very, very soon, you'll be able to go through and submit your request to be a, a member. At the moment, it's only for the London. We're, we're going we're gonna to use it as a case study at the moment for London. And then straight away, you come in and you have a three-month uh, free, free membership. And you also, as soon as you, as soon as you subscribe... Um, you then get a mentor, which is one of the founding members who will guide you through the first three months to make sure you get the absolute maximum out of uh, your subscription. Um, it's a membership, Dave. So, you know, there's going to be monthly events, there's going to be webinars, there's going to be training, there's going to be uh, wellness coaches, there's going to be um, hopefully when we can meet again, uh, there'll be live events. So it's going to be action packed. There's going to be many, many, there's going to be a discount package across sports arenas restaurants hotels around the world as well so you know it's it's get it, and then after the three months it's going to cost 15 pounds a month which is an absolute bargain if i if you said to me liam pay me 15 pounds and i'll give you um 10 leads a month i'm not saying it's always going to be 10 leads but and you'll have this network of incredible ceos i think i'd bite your hand off and that's exactly what we're trying to do here so 15 pounds, that's like maybe that's in the neighborhood of like 28, 29 dollars US. That's that's very inexpensive. Um, what is your what's your business model? How do you how, how are you going to be able to make this a, a viable business? Are you are you hoping to obviously you're hoping to sign up thousands of hospitality businesses, right? Yeah, I mean, with the membership, you, you'd you'd want to have thousands of subscribers, but it's it, the, the very first goal is to help hospitality and bring it out of this slum that we are in. So, mm -hmm. the more people that we can get around the table, talking, helping each other, you know, we'll, we'll we'll like I said, we use this we'll use this as a case study. So, 
we'll, we'll get customer feedback all the time. What works, what doesn't work. You know, we're going to have online training programs from some of the biggest people in London where you'll be able to buy the, the, the training courses online. Again, you know, we're not trying to rip anyone off. The, the, the fee actually is just for simple admin stuff. We just want to connect and, and, and help each other um, prosper, and especially after the pandemic. So I'll tell you what, Liam. I'm gonna make you. Uh, I'm gonna make you an offer right here on the show. We're gonna break some news. When you get this up and running, I will record sales training classes for hospitality titans for you. Absolutely no charge. I will. Uh, I will do the first year of sessions, twelve sessions uh, at least for you for the first year, no charge for you and for all your members to help the UK hospitality industry recover. So um, I'll use my background in the hospitality industry. And eventually when all this is over, we'll come over and I'll have a pint with you and the whole hospitality Titans crew and I'll maybe I'll do a live session for you. But that'll be my contribution to help you and the hospitality uh, community over in the UK. That sounds absolutely amazing, Dave. And, and I'm glad this is recorded because I will hold you to that. <laughs> Well, my, my word is my bond, but you can take this recording to the bank. <laughs> All right. So let's uh, let's talk a little bit about your your ideal target for hospitality titans. Right. Is it the independent pub? Is it the, the family owned restaurant? Is it the chain restaurant? Is it the uh, the Marriott down the street? Who do you want to be uh, a member of this? Well, nobody's going to be alienated from it, Dave. But, you know, one of our main focuses and, and our knowledge is that we think that the big chains are going to come to an end very soon. So it will be the independent, you know, helping the local pubs in London, helping, you know, the restaurateur who's a bit down on their luck. Um, of course, the big boys will be involved as well. They've already been asking lots of questions. There's been some, we've been on social media for the last couple of months and everyone's asking questions. What is the Titans? How do we get involved? So, you know, it's a place where everyone will be, be welcome as long as they contribute to what, you know, our, our DNA is and how we want to push forward. And, you know, bring just bring hospitality back. It's had a, there's been many people talking about hospitality in the last few months in the last year since the pandemic's been on that have said they were spokespeople for, for our industry and they've been very negative we're all about positive positivity it's a positive message how do we spread that positive message how do we get more people into the industry training you know how do we touch base with the with the with the 18 19 20 year olds that come out of school and university that want to you know get into a hospitality new chef or open their own restaurant or a pop-up or something like that we will be there to nurture them through so um you know it, whether you're 65 and you're you're about to retire and you want to you know you know be involved in this group or you're 18 and you're just coming out of university nobody will be off the the radar we want to anyone that wants our help will be there perfect i love uh, i love the attitude and i love the i love the idea of the teamwork that's that's absolutely tremendous talk a little bit about what your feeling is well here's my feeling there's going to be a huge amount of pent-up demand and i think there's going to be a lot of people who will rally behind the hospitality industry and support it as we come out of this i'm already seeing people here my clients are asking me i used to do a couple of live events big live events a year and many many small live events my clients are asking me what my plans are for 2021 to do live events and my response is it all depends on vaccine and how comfortable people are in traveling and attending. You know, obviously safety comes first, but it also has to be a viable business proposition. What's your what's your thought on pent up demand? 
for number one, people who want to, you know, just want to get out and participate in the hospitality industry. And number two, there's a, a very nationalistic and, and supportive mentality of people who, like you said, in the UK in August, you did this great initiative. Everybody's going to want it. My feeling is everybody's going to want to come out and support the hospitality industry because they want the industry to survive. What do you think? There's going to be the biggest boom you'll ever see when this is all open. Um, I think we, we heard in the news there's been there's been rumours that um, pubs and restaurants might not open till the May bank holiday, which is May the third, which seems a long way away from now. But yeah, the British public are itching to get out and you know go to their their local restaurant, not not just into London. You know, go go to their local pub and just see see people. You know, it's amazing how when when you have everything like uh, going for a pint with a, a best friend or having a glass of wine with uh, a girlfriend or, or whoever it may be, you know, you take those things for granted. So when this is all done, people will literally sit in a bar or a restaurant, look around and enjoy that experience, I think, 10 times more. Um, and also the people that work there will also be, you know, they'll be very passionate about their job, even more so than they were before. Um, but yeah, I think that the boom that we're going to see, because it's not like we've been in a war, Dave. You know, the infrastructure is still there. So you haven't got to rebuild anything. It's all there. You know, the kitchens are there. You just got to order the food and bring in the customers. And, you know, the hospitality will, you know, will see a huge increase. And uh, I'm really excited to be at the, on the front line of that. That's great. That's great. Talk a little bit about your, um, your prospects for uh, connecting with other hospitality leaders outside of your local community. I'm sure everybody knows you in your local community. What is your, what's your plan for, uh, for Hospitality Titans to connect with people outside of the local area where everybody knows you? So with, with Titans being starting in London, we, we obviously, I've got clients in Manchester, Liverpool, Newcastle, Belfast, um, uh, and even in Scotland as well. So the reason why, you know, they all want to know what it is now, we're saying, look, let's work on it here in London, but we will then be looking for sort of uh, a chairman for, in each city to then take over the template and then run it that way as well, with London being the central hub. But, you know, every major city then having the Titans formula um, working well. And then once we've taken over the UK, we're coming to the States and we're going to uh, we'll be working with you guys because, you know, it, it's just hit people helping people and, and people people right now need their businesses to have the support even if it's not financially you know just to be able to pick up the phone and speak to me and say or, or one of the other founding members you know i'm having trouble with this i'm ha can you lend some advice sometimes you need that or sometimes you just need to rant and say look this is i'm having a bad day with the family today you know you know we don't often do you know that sort of guidance but you know it can happen um Outside of London, because it's the, the it is the beacon of hospitality in the UK. I think once once that works, everyone will be uh, asking how they can implement that into their city. So we're excited. That's great. That's really terrific. Talk a little bit about let's let's shift gears and talk a little bit about um, the climate besides the all encompassing virus. Right? How has how has Brexit affected you and the hospitality industry over there? Because we we hear a lot, but pre pandemic we were hearing a lot about Brexit, and there's still some Brexit talk sprinkled into the business news. Like your folks, the folks that you work with are entrepreneurial. How is Brexit impacting them, if at all? We don't know yet, Dave, because it's only just been signed a couple of weeks ago. So we, we still 
are unsure on you know the the, the rules and regs. I mean, I think there was a hundred and eight page document that businesses had to read through to see how it affected their business. It's so up in the air. It's gone really under the radar with um with with obviously having uh covid so it sort of just happened and it's been yeah. sprung on us obviously you're right brexit was the the big news for us um and around the world i think i don't know whether people were laughing or crying with us because you know in in london for example nobody in london wanted brexit to happen because it's bad for business but as you go further out into the more suburban areas and and more country they obviously did so you know you you have a divided uh divided union there but um i still don't know what what how it affects my businesses posh cockney and and sas productions and and hospitality titans it's too new for that but um yeah i mean i think it's watch this space nobody knows right now how it will affect us but uh hopefully we get hopefully it's a good deal i haven't read through the document myself i I haven't had that much time on my hands i know i know we're in lockdown but um i've been doing too many other interesting things unfortunately yeah, no. Well, fortunately, fortunately, you've been doing interesting, uh, interesting things. Uh, take folks back to how you got started in the hospitality industry in the first place. Why, why hospitality? Well, tell them, tell them about Posh Cockney. Tell them about what you do with Posh Cockney, and um, we'll share the we'll share your YouTube channel, which I, I looked through. I, I really, I really like what you're doing on YouTube. We'll share it in the show notes. But talk about Posh Cockney and what you do with it. So I started Posh Cockney in 2019. So I was director of Maxwell's, which is one of the biggest restaurant and bar groups in London. Um, I looked after the great Café de Paris for 10 years. I opened uh, a number of different venues, uh, restaurants and, and clubs as well with them. And then I moved on to the Proud group with a gentleman called Alex Proud and he looked after several venues there as well. But I realized that I needed to go off on my own. I, I built up a big enough client base that I needed to just try it because I'd, I'd run too many other businesses for, for other people, making them very rich. And I thought now's my time. So um, we launched Posh Cockney as Posh Cockney Events because the reason why I, I jumped ship was because I, I had a very nice black book of clients that were continuously booking corporate events. But very quickly, uh, I realized that we had to pivot into other areas because we I, I built up so much um, different skill set over the years. And funny enough, I got a call from Mark Wahlberg um, and Wahlbergers to open uh, Wahlbergers in Covent Garden. Oh, wow. Uh, which I jumped at the chance. Uh, and we opened that back in August uh, 2019, which was a fantastic client. It's one of our first clients at Posh Cotney. So can you imagine that? Mark Wahlberg and Wahlbergers, we were like winning. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't. Have you had a Wahlberg? Have you had a Wahlberg? I have. I have. I took my. I took my kids. My son is a big baseball fan, and there's a Wahlbergers right around, uh, right around the block from Fenway Park, which is a famous uh, ballpark in Boston. We went to see the. We went to see the Red Sox play, but we first we watch every episode of Wahlbergers. So we first went to Wahlbergers uh, in Fenway to to have uh, to have lunch. It was great. Yeah, no, it's a fantastic concept. Unfortunately, though, David didn't work in London. Um, really? Yeah, it didn't work. It lasted less than a year. Um, hmm. I, I think that the, there's so many amazing independent burger places in London, and the maybe the location wasn't great, but you know, it, it just didn't work, which is a real shame. Mark and the guys put a lot into it, as as did we. Um, I mean, I, I actually came up with the the signature burger there called the Boston Belt Buster. 
um, which was nice. uh, which was twelve rations of um, uh, of beef, and then you know I'll send you a picture, but it was it was this high, and that's twelve inches. Um, so yeah, it was a monster of a, oh, and it was a it was a man v food challenge, and we had lots of celebrities and influencers coming in to try that. So um, so yeah, Posh Cockney. Then we so we went into the marketing and PR side. So we Posh Cockney do marketing, PR, recruitment events and we have a very good concierge side of the business as well where um we 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 do personal shopping we do um private yacht charter private jet charters um holidays and uh, obviously that's taken a massive hit during the pandemic so we're, we're sort of running on the marketing and pr at the moment because everything else is sort of at a standstill but um you know when we come back out of this the, the business is in a good position to uh, to kick off again Wonderful. I, I think your uh, your focus on um, the concierge aspect, the upscale aspect, I think that's going to be phenomenal at the end of the pandemic. I think I, I'd be shocked if people didn't start booking, uh, you know, holidays from a concierge perspective. Once we get kind of over the hurdle of this winter uh, coronavirus spike, I think you're going to start to see people really uh taking that step i think it's going to be like here in the u.s we have this thing where we say people who travel overseas americans who travel overseas always go up one level in the hospitality industry so if you stay in the u.s at the the marriott full service hotels you're going to go overseas and you're going to stay at a ritz carlton or you're going to go overseas and you're going to stay at a four seasons or maybe even stay at a shangri-la because you're going someplace that you're not where you're not familiar with the culture. You want that sense of comfort and security. I think coronavirus, I think COVID is going to take people who have means and it's going to, they're going to say to themselves, OK, if I'm going somewhere, I want to go somewhere where I feel like I don't have to worry about details. I don't have to worry about uh, the, the cleanliness. I don't have to worry about the sanitation. I don't have to worry about the staff being vaccinated or not being vaccinated. Where am I most likely to see that? at the higher end, right? And that's why people stay at Shangri-La hotels when they go to Indonesia or when they go to Asia for the first time because they're worried about their safety, their security, and they know that a hotel like Shangri-La, because they charge so much, they have so much more they can put into security. What's your thought? Is that your is that your thought that that aspect of your business is going to really take off? Yeah, we, we had many requests actually as soon as coronavirus uh, started uh, for the private jets because people were just desperate to get out of the country. And you've probably seen in the press, Dubai seems to be booming right now, and it seems to be um, most of the Brits have gone there for a bit of uh, re- relaxation, but they've seems to have partied as well. But and they're all coming back with coronavirus, unfortunately. Um, but uh, yeah, there there will be a big boom on that. We 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 do a lot of holidays in Vegas. Um, and we had to do a lot of refunds this year because we had big stag and hen bookings, uh, which was a shame. And some of the clients actually were very understanding and, and have just uh, delayed the payment and, and we're moving their holidays. But um, that's what I said about travel. I can't wait to get out there myself because you said is, what you've just said is exactly true. When I travel now, I will want to go that you know, I like to travel well anyway, but I will take that one step further, you know, um, and maybe even doing less of the, the, the touring and just experiencing the hotel. So with a hotel that has everything, for example, you know, the five or six uh, amazing restaurants and, you know, incredible sort of, uh, you know, your, your comforts will be in that one place. And I, I think 
we're, we're, we're getting lots more requests now at the sort of January time um, than we did in December, November, because I think, like we said, that the, the light is there. I think we all can see that it's going to be um, at the end of 2021, for, for sure, there's going to be um, much more movement in the travel industry, which has also been hit really hard, Dave, hasn't it? Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent, hundred percent. I, you know, I, I had for all the travel that I did, I had an air pass on American airlines, which is prepaid travel. And the beginning of the year, I would send American airlines, you know, money for my travel for the whole year. And I would get last seat availability on any flight. I had a fixed fee that I would pay per air mile and I had no cancellation fees. I got upgrades automatically. It's, it's a good program, but it's an expensive program and it's only for people who travel a lot. Well, my contract ran out and they said, hey, we're gonna extend your contract for the following year. And I said, well, I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not, gonna, I'm not gonna take that money and reinvest it until I know for sure that I'm going to be traveling. So if you think about, you know, Dave Lorenzo running a small business who's not doing that. Imagine all these huge companies and that's who the airlines, you know, that's who makes the airlines profitable. They're all following the same philosophy. So, you know, we're, we're fortunate here in the U.S. in that the, our government did what your government did for hospitality workers, our government did for the airlines, right? So they, they gave them enough money so that they could survive the pandemic while, you know, everybody, you know, who works in the hospitality industry has to bump and scuffle to get by. So we'll still have an airline industry to come back to. But we, we saw here over the holidays, people ignoring coronavirus restrictions and flocking to the airlines. So just wait until somebody says, okay, it's safe. I think, I think you're gonna see an unprecedented boom. All right, let's take a couple of minutes, um, Liam. I want, you to, I want you to share with everybody your background as a professional footballer and how that's affected your mindset, not only as an entrepreneur, but to help you get through this difficult time. I mean, to be an athlete at a professional level, you have to have something extra from a, uh, from a, a, a fortitude standpoint, from a desire standpoint. Talk about how you became a professional footballer and how that's helped you in business. Well, first of all, soccer to your listeners, I'm sure. <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. But I mean, we, we we get it. We have enough. We have enough people in the in the U.S. now. I mean, it's such a big game that everybody knows. Everybody knows, uh, you know, UK football compared to American football. So let me take you back to a seven-year-old boy who uh, started playing football and got signed by Millwall, actually. Which I you probably won't know them. They're a very they're a London-based team. Um, and very quickly, it was obvious I had a very good talent and I was snapped up by West Ham at the age of 14 and um, Leicester City then bought me when I was 17 and obviously Leicester went on to win the Premier League in the UK, in in England a couple of years ago. Um, throughout my whole life, I was told I was going to be the next big thing. I was captain of every team. I was the fittest in every squad. You know, I'd outrun everyone. I'd, I'd out, I wasn't the most talented, but I would outwork every single player in my team and on the pitch. Um, and that's sort of what I've taken into business, Dave, is, you know, you don't have to be the most talented in the room, but just make sure you don't get outworked, right? So, you know, if I'm pitching for, for, for a contract, you know, a company might be there that 15, 20 years experience, but I will tell that client they will not be outworked by 
us and what I can do for you, you know. So it's that bulldog mentality. Um, I've been, I've always been a winner, Dave. I, I, I hated losing anything. I hate losing anything to this day. And uh, I think, you know, sometimes that's a bad thing as well because that, that passion, is, there's a fine line between wanting to win too much and, and being a bit hazy in your decision-making. Um, so I think, with again, that with experience, as you get older, you start seeing things a bit more clearer. Look, being a professional football player was fantastic. I played with some of the best players around the world um, and not being a footballer now pains me a little bit because, you know, the, it, it was a different life. It would, it would have been, a, I, I could, I, I might be doing something else. But then I, I believe everything happens for a reason. I would never have met my beautiful wife and had my beautiful daughter and had the, you know, I, I live a great life now. So, you know, I just took a different path. Um, lots of my friends are still professional footballers now and, and they're enjoying a great, you know, f they're, they're traveling the world, not right now, but that they've, you know, they've had a fantastic career. But like, like with any sport and any athlete, your career is over by 35, you know, and you've got to start looking at the next thing. So um, I'm, I'm still only 33 at the moment. So um, I've, I would literally be coming towards the end of my career. So and I and I've already built up such a, a wealth of knowledge and experience in my industry now, and and and, and I'm confident that I'm going to have a uh, hopefully have a have a longevity in, in my business. And and you know, if I was fin finishing football now, you'd only go into media or you know maybe come out with a, a product or some kind. Um, I think in the in the states with NFL players, I think their careers are even shorter than that, aren't they? Yeah, they're uh, well with the NFL, the, their careers are shorter, and it's now it's quite a hazard because there are. They all are unfortunately winding up with uh, traumatic brain injuries. So, yeah, it is it is, it is shorter. I think a lot of your a lot of your mates from uh, from football as they as they end their careers are going to be calling you because they're going to want not only advice and guidance, but some of them are going to be looking to you to help with uh, with hospitality titans down the road because they they're they're going to need. Uh, they're going to need something to uh, to do. They're going to they're going to look for something to uh, to go into. Only only a handful of them can become broadcasters, right? So, um, you know, you're I think overall in your career, you're you're going to be further ahead than if you had uh, if you had been part of the game longer. I think you're go going to you're going to realize a tremendous amount of success because you had a kind of an early start. Can I can I just follow on from what I was talking about with football there? Yeah. When I had to retire at 19 years old, it is a very fine line and a very dangerous time for a young man because I've just told you from the age of seven, everyone's told you you're going to be the next big thing, you know, and you've had all this pressure and, and you know, you've been living on a cloud, really. And it will happen with every athlete when that time comes where they have to stop doing something they loved and have were so passionate and were good at. There's not enough... Um, help mental for mental well-being for that and and there's been a lot more uh, spotlight on it now in the uk there was a there was a young lad that um got released by manchester city a couple of months ago and actually killed himself oh. and 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 you're hearing about this more and more now because you know when you're 17 18 you know the, these clubs love you and that you're you're their best friend you're you know you're, you're the next big thing as soon as you're not and you're chopped you're out the door and there's no more support for you so you know, I'd love to see more of that in the sport, especially in football. Um, and I'm sure it's the same for every athlete around the world, you know, because it can be a very lonely place. And I went through a lonely stage um, for six, around six months of being like, 
uh, WTF, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> what, 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 what's next for me? I, I was at a crossroads. So luckily I was uh, strong enough mentally to, you know, pivot and, and do something else. And, and you know, I, I'm here now. But, you know, I know a lot of people that can, you know, go, go off the wagon. And, um, and I think more support needs to be out there. I, I agree. You know, the, so much of that when you're young defines who you are. Right. Your identity at 14 or 15 was you, you were you were a professional footballer. That was who you that was who you were. Right. And that's not reality. But when you're that young and that successful, you it's easy for you to think that's your reality. I see that now in, in working with some really successful business people the, like a business person will say, well, I am. You know, look at look at the hospitality industry now. You open five restaurants in 2018. You open your fifth one, and you think to yourself, "I'm a great restaurateur. I know what I'm doing. My restaurants are killing it. I'm doing great." Then all of a sudden, a pandemic hits, and your restaurants have to close, and you're only going to be able to reopen two of the five. So, are you less of a restaurateur? Are you you know are you shit as a businessman? No, of course not. You're the same person you were, but your identity was so wrapped up in what you do. And that's your your lesson is very well taken. We need to teach kids. But I think it's also really important for adults, too, who are getting furloughed or laid off from a job. You are not your job. There's more to you than what you do to make money. So that's the that's the help I think that that people need at all ages from from a young age all the way up through uh, all the way up through business. All right, well, Liam, I really I've enjoyed our time together. We're going to we're going to stay connected because I'm going to do those training sessions for you. I also have a, a handful of introductions that I think I can I can make for you from my time in the hospitality industry. People who'd be interested in the hospitality titans concept. How can folks get involved with hospitality titans? You said that uh, that you're going to launch in a week or two. Where can they find information? Yeah, the website's just been finalised now, so um, it will be hospitalitytitans.co.uk. Uh, my email address for the Titans is liam uh, l i a m at hospitalitytitans.co.uk. Um, but then you can reach me at Posh Cockney as well. So Posh Cockney's website is poshcockney.co.uk, and uh, my email is liam at poshcockney.co.uk. And uh, I. I, I like you, I, I work 24-7, so uh, if you want to reach out, ask me anything, I'm there to chat. I will. I'll put all of that uh, information in the show notes, so wherever you get your podcasts, you can find Liam's information. Liam, it has been an absolute honor having you on the show today, and we're so grateful that we've made a new friend across the pond, and we're looking forward to doing everything we can to support Hospitality Titans and the people in the hospitality industry as a whole. Folks, we're here every day with a brand new interview. Join me tomorrow for the inside BS on another great industry with another great business leader. My guest today was Liam Norval. He's founding a brand new business called Hospitality Titans. He's the owner and founder of Posh Cockney. All of his information is in the show notes. Liam, thanks for joining us. Folks, we'll see you right back here again tomorrow on the show. Thanks, Dave. See you soon.